We are in week two of a series called Five Things uh, I Wish I Knew About Following Jesus. Uh, And this is uh, a series uh, in which we are talking about things we learn, right? We're always learning about new things, and hopefully we're always learning about new things about following Jesus. Uh, And we all have things that we wish we would have known, right? Things we wish we knew about life especially in formative times in our lives, uh, we learn just how much we wish we knew. Uh, I I had several of these revelations in college. Uh, I'm sure you did too. For example, I wish I would have known how amazing naps were all those times I fought them as a kid, right? Anybody with me? We missed out on so many good hours of naps as kids because we fought them. Other things I wish I would have known, I wish I would have known that drying a wool sweater would leave it about four times too small. Ask my husband how that went one of the first time I washed his wool sweaters. I wish I would have known that you can't put tinfoil in the microwave. <laughs> I learned that one the hard way when sparks started to fly. We are always learning things we wish we knew. And oftentimes, uh, these types of things that we wish we would have known, they become wisdom that we pass down to other people uh, in hopes of someone else learning the hard way. Uh, For example, in my family, one piece of wisdom that is frequently passed down uh, to people who are going to live on their own, uh, this was learned the hard way by my dad, is that you can't put regular dish soap in the dishwasher. You will come home to an apartment full of suds. This definitely happened to my dad and is something that every time somebody starts out off their own, is like, don't forget, you can't put regular dish soap in the dishwasher. It has to be specifically dishwasher soap. So the things that I've listed so far, they're good life hacks, right? They're nothing to make or break. Maybe you have to clean up some suds. Maybe you have to buy a new microwave. But often, people pass down more important advice. Things like, money can't buy happiness, or don't worry about the little things, or spend time with the people that you love. All right, and we give this advice because we want someone to learn from our situation. And so we're in this series called Five Things I Wish I Knew About Following Jesus, because sometimes it's important for us to share the things that we've learned so that others might benefit. And so we've been asking our teaching team, uh, and we're also asking some others in our fusion community to share on Sundays. So last week, Pastor Steve, he started us out, and he shared about how he wishes he would have known that all Christians won't always get along, and that's okay. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go and listen to that on our Facebook page or on our podcast on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. And, and we've also been asking people in the Fusion community to share some short videos that you can also find on Facebook and on our podcast. And uh, we've been asking them, what's something you wish you would have known about following Jesus? And last week, some of our oldest and wisest of the Fusion crew, Karen and Darcy Mickelson, they got to share that too. And so I encourage you to go check out their short reflection on what they wish they would have known about following Jesus. And before we get to my thing I wish I knew about following Jesus, something that you need to know about me is that to my very core, I am a rule follower. Like I have been since I was a little kid. And if you know Harry Potter, you know Hermione. And I am her and she is me. We are the same person. 
And I remember in elementary school, this has been with me since I've been very, very little. Uh, in elementary school, one year at the end of the year, they gave us these little like books on safety. And it was like things like stranger danger and wear a helmet when you ride a bike. And I don't know what else, but it was this spiral bound little book with pages of safety information. And I spent the beginning of my summer break laying on my trampoline, not jumping on my trampoline, laying on my trampoline, reading the safety booklet so that I could know all of the rules I should be following over summer break. And this has followed me into adulthood a little bit too. Uh, I, I have a friend that a few years back, uh, he started calling me square tear. Uh, and, and even though I've loosened up a little bit, and I definitely don't follow all of the rules all of the time, I still catch myself responding to ideas and to people with the phrase, are you sure we can do that? Like, is that allowed? Should we double check on that? And this mentality is something that has stepped into my faith too. Uh, I'm the kind of person that I'm pretty sure, like the first time that I read Leviticus growing up, I thought, okay, here are all the rules I need to follow. This is what we do, right? But in recent years, I've been learning about the joy and the freedom of following Christ. I've been learning about a faith that is more than just following the rules. And so the thing I have to share with you all today is I wish I would have known that following Jesus is more than just following the rules. It's more than just doing all the right things to be a good person. And so even though I am a rule follower at heart, I don't think I'm the only one that has approached faith with rules, right? We have these things about, we think there's certain things we should have to wear to go to church. Uh, recently, there's been a big debate on Twitter on if coffee should be allowed in the sanctuary. And obviously, at, at Fusion, the answer is yes, it belongs in the sanctuary. Uh, there are people who think you should only listen to Christian music, or maybe you think uh, you should do X, Y, and Z and check it off the list, and that's what it means to be a Christian. Even people uh, in scripture that we hear about, like the, there's a man, we, we call him the rich young ruler, and he comes to Jesus and he says, what do I need to do to get into heaven? What rules do I need to follow? What things can I do to check off the list? And the thing I've learned and am learning is that following Jesus isn't just about following the rules. Sometimes I feel like we try to make it about the rules because it makes us feel like that there's something we can know to do for sure, right? There's a score we can keep. Maybe some of you have seen uh, the TV show, The Good Place. Uh, and, and in this TV show, it's with Kristen Bell, there is a common premise that we see about following the rules, right? In the good place, if you get enough points, you get into heaven. And if not, you go to hell. And that's the game we like to try to play, right? Like earn just enough points, put your shopping cart back, 25 points, volunteer for Children's Church, 300 points. <laughs> don't curse out the car in front of you. I don't know how many points that's worth. But the reality is that no amount of following the rules can get us enough points. No amount of following the rules can make us good enough. 
Galatians 3 says it this way. This is uh, the message translation. It says, answer this question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit, working things out in your lives, things you could never do yourself, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving? Does he do it because you follow all the rules? Or because you trust him to do them in you? A little bit later in Galatians, it says, the obvious impossibility of carrying out such a moral program, of carrying out all of these right rules, should make it plain that nobody can sustain a relationship with God that way. The person who lives in right relationship with God does it by embracing what God arranges for him. Doing things for God is the opposite of entering into what God does for you. Habakkuk had it right. The person who believes God is set right by God, and that is the real life. Rule-keeping does not naturally evolve into living by faith. It only perpetuates itself into more rule-keeping. A fact observed in the scriptures. The one who does these things, the one that does the rule-keeping, continues to live by them. But Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. So no amount of following the rules can make us good enough. We need Jesus. We need Jesus in his coming to his earth, this earth, in his death and his resurrection, who has redeemed us from this life of having to follow all the laws we see in the Old Testament, from all the things that we have to try to do to be good enough. And instead, all Jesus asks for us is to follow him, to put our faith in him, and to put our trust in him. Now you might be thinking, that's it, that's all, that's that's kind of a big request too, right? But there is freedom in this, that Christ has come to bring us freedom. There is no longer a massive list of rules we have to do to try to be good enough, to get enough points. Instead, we invite God and the Spirit into our lives, and we have this relationship with God in which God transforms us. Now, that doesn't mean that all the rules go out the window, okay? I feel like I maybe should have prefaced that with the kids this morning. Rules are good. You should listen to the rules your parents give you. All the rules don't go out the window, right? The Ten Commandments, we don't need them anymore. We didn't just throw them out the window. We have the freedom to sin and do whatever we want. Well, no, that's not really how it goes, right? Because the Bible is full of instructions for how to live. And Jesus has instructions for us as well about how to live. And he shares those with us. And even Paul, who wrote the words in Galatians, as we just read, he has instructions and even rules for early Christians. In fact, uh, he spends uh, entire chunks of his letters that he wrote to early Christians and to the churches uh, to follow, do this, do this, do this. He has plenty of things to say about what we should do. Like in 1 Corinthians, for example, he spends chapters giving instructions do this, don't do this, don't forget about this, this is important. But then, 
after chapters of instructions, he says, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. I love how he puts it. Now let, now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but if I didn't love others, this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I had to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And then he ends that chapter by saying, let love be your highest goal. There are rules and they are important, but they are not the highest goal. Love is. And when you follow Jesus, there are things that you do and you don't do because you're following in the ways of Jesus. Because you are captivated by the love of Christ and the love, love becomes the rule in which you order your life. So Jesus doesn't expect you to follow all of these extensive rules. Instead, he wants you to follow the rule of love and let that order your life. And Jesus also doesn't expect you to be perfect. He expects you to rely on him. In Romans 7, uh, uh, Paul laments that even when he wants to do what is right, he inevitably does what is wrong. Have you ever been there? Have you ever just tried so hard and you're still just getting it so, so wrong? Well, Paul's been there too. And he says, even though he desires to follow God's law, there's another power in him that's at work. And it's a power that has made him a slave to sin. And this is so relatable, right? We want to do what is right. We want to be good people. We want to follow the ways of God, but sometimes we just fall short. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we let our temptations get the best of us. We make mistakes. But thankfully, the Bible is full of messy people who have made many mistakes or worse. And Paul asks, who will free me from this life of falling short? Who will free me from this life of sin? And he says, thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then in 2 Corinthians, Paul is talking again about falling short. And he's talking about struggling. He is talking about, uh, he calls it a thorn in his side. Have you ever had a thorn in your side? That thing that just, it just won't go away no matter what. That struggle that just perpetually is following you over and over. There is this thing that is afflicting Paul. And the Lord says to Paul, he says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so then Paul says, so I am now glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
So God doesn't expect perfection. God doesn't expect that we perfectly follow all of these rules and check all the boxes. God knows that we have weaknesses. God knows that we have struggles. And that when we lean on God, God can work through us. It is when that we are weak that Christ's power can be shown through us. So Jesus doesn't expect you to be perfect. He expects you to rely on him. There have been plenty of times where I have thought, if I just did all the right things, I would be good enough. There are times even now in my brain where I I know that uh, I'm trying to save myself, right? I feel the need to do everything right. I have this guilt that wells up in me. And I try really hard to be good enough for God. But what I wish I would have known earlier, and what I'm still working on reminding myself each day as I follow Jesus, is that following Jesus isn't just about following the rules. It isn't just about checking off all the boxes. It isn't about trying to show up to church and pretend that I'm perfect. It's about admitting my deep need for Jesus. It's about choosing to follow him every day. It's about letting God's love permeate my life so that it flows out of me and it becomes a love that I have for God and a love that I have for others so that my life can be ruled by the rule of love. Because like Corinthians tells us, we could follow all the rules and we could have all the things, but if we didn't have love, if we didn't love others, it would mean nothing. The point of following Jesus isn't just to follow all the rules. The point is following Jesus. It's about letting Jesus change us. It's about letting the love of God flow out of us. And it's about letting Jesus lift us up in our weaknesses. And when I remember that, I get to experience freedom and love. The freedom and love that God desires for us as we follow him. Would you pray with me?